This is Acts of Faith. Every day, World Team works to transform communities, make disciples, and reach the unreached. Our unique teams innovate, multiply, and expand the reach of the gospel. Our vision and aim? To make Jesus known. Together, we share the hope of the gospel on a global scale by meeting the needs of communities. These are our acts of faith. Church planting is synonymous with World Team and is one of the biggest reasons that our more than 300 missionaries have joined us in ministry. More than 61,000 donations were made to World Team last year for the purpose of planting churches. Why? What is so important about church planting? In this episode, you will hear from World Team workers from around the world. Dan and Edson in the Philippines, Susie in France, Nathan in Africa, Marco in South America, and Joel in Cambodia. They will share their unique perspective on the importance of church planting in their part of the world, drawing on their combined 100 plus years of church planting experience. What is church planting and why is it important? Church planting to me is starting a church where there is not another one, starting from scratch, raising a church up from where there is nothing to a vibrant community of believers. Church planting is like planting a tree, something on a local situation with deep roots in the gospel and well, where people can find shelter and meet the Lord Jesus and grow in Christ. Church planting is what we do day in and day out. And of course it's critical. And even though we hold very firmly to compassion and to generosity as values on our team, the great commission is our mission. Uh, God has chosen a covenant people to dwell with, and he chooses to save people through his church and into his church. And there's no such thing as a solitary Christian. We're all called to be part of the body of Christ. There's many institutions out there that can be humanitarian, but there's only one church. It's only the church that can baptize people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And it's only the church that can teach people to obey all that Christ has commanded. We recognize on our team that there is something better than human flourishing, and there is something that is worse than death. And so we have to keep our focus on the gospel, even while ministering holistically. As missionaries, we preach the gospel so that people will be saved, and we gather them into churches so they can continue to be transformed and made holy by the gospel. We have to teach people how to obey the Lord. To, to, we are commanded to teach everything that the Lord has commanded us. So, uh, and also we have to to baptize them in into a church. It, it's useless to, to have a church that uh, you don't have any desire or intention to grow them. So I think uh, the great, uh, the church planting is, is something that encapsulates uh, the Great Commission. What does church planting look like where you are? Church planting where I'm at here in the northern province of Cambodia up on the border of Laos. Um, in the beginning, it, it was all uh, relationship evangelism, relationship building. We came up here with, you know, we had some tools in our toolbox, and we thought we knew what we were doing, and, you know, we, 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 we had some ideas. But really what we came in to do was people needed, and there was very few Christians here in this province. Um, and really people, they just wanted to, have that community. They wanted to build relationships. 
So relationships here are very important. So, I mean, that was, it was all relationship based with the, you know, the evangelism efforts and that morphed very quickly, obviously, into discipleship, uh, investing in, in those people that uh, spending time with them. We invested in also in the leaders and uh, that's, that was kind of our next phase. And I'm not talking about, you know, one phase finishes and the next one begins. These were all going on you know, simultaneously. A lot of people, when they think about church planting, they, they envision the church and they think, okay, so we need a place to meet. We need people to come to that place to meet and we need to start functioning like a church. And really that's like, um, having a baby and saying, well, a person is someone who can get themselves dressed and can, you know, maybe drive a vehicle or, you know, go and do work and all this kind of stuff. And so I got to force my little baby to be able to do all these things. And we forget the fact that, wait, just a baby needs to grow. And so the baby has to grow into these functions. Uh, we see throughout the world, not just in a place like Cameroon, but throughout the world, we see churches that aren't really functioning as churches because the individuals in those churches have never truly matured in their faith. And if we focus on making disciples, those disciples will desire to come together. And as they come together, uh, the church is born in that process. The church that is planted can have many different looks. Church planting certainly looks different in different places. And even here in the Philippines and even in our ministry, uh, we have different kinds of church plants. Uh, but our church chose to have house churches for two very specific reasons. And it was the Filipinos in the church that made this decision. Uh, number one, they chose house churches so that the elders could intimately lead and feed and direct and protect the flock. They wanted to be able to know the people. Our elders conduct what they call church dates. Uh, dates have a kind of a romantic connotation in the West, but here in the Philippines, it's just uh, getting together. Uh, and so they make sure they have dates with all of the members of the church uh, throughout the year. Then the secondary reason uh, that we chose to have house churches is so that we could use the building and rent money specifically to be able to plant churches amongst the poor. So well, we have house churches, not because we think a building is bad for any reason, uh, but because we think that we can better use the funds that would be spent for rent uh, so that we can help plant churches in more um, economically depressed areas. And so we started up with one house church. We raised up an elder. We taught him to preach. We taught him to love the flock. And then we sent him out to plant the second house church, uh, him and his family. And we're currently training up eight more men uh, from these churches and others. And we hope to plant another house church this year. The, the other two churches that uh, we have planted here is, uh, we call it the squatters area. Uh, the first one is... Uh, Simbahan uh, Dalisay, and uh, people there, people who live there hardly eat three times a day, sometimes they just eat uh, twice a day, and most of them work seven days a week, and uh, for more than eight hours per day, and uh, so because these people live in a, in a depressed area where houses are small, we cannot have a house church in there, we cannot gather people in their houses, so we have to have a building to gather these people in. That's why we have rented a place uh, in, uh, we call it Kamandag, uh, in the Kamandag area, where people go there to church, uh, to, to go to church. And uh, we have trained two elders 
we are training two elders there now and uh, they're starting to, to become a church. So yeah, the other one is Padilla, which is slightly more, uh, I can say advantageous. People in my area, which happen to be uh, uh, providentially given by God, uh, because I just happen to live there and uh, the neighbors want to have a Bible study. The boys, uh, the, the teenage boys, uh, just want to have a Bible study. And uh, so that started everything. And, and then eventually the adults wanted to have their own Bible studies as well. So we, we are starting to, we are now training the, uh, some men there to lead as elders in that church. The desired outcome can be the same on all fields, but the process can vary. In France, just in general, it's, it's, the, it's a post-Christian culture and um, most people have left the church. Many people that are over 50 will have been exposed to the church, predominantly the Catholic church, but they, most of them do not attend church at all. And so it's a largely unchurched population. You have a very high number of atheists or agnostics, um, people who would say God does not exist and he's a creation of the human mind. Um, you also have some other religions, but um, true, authentic Christianity um, is something that if a person never comes and encounters it, how can they know who God is and what, what the body of Christ is like? And what I've found is over time, the French love to have relationships with all different people. They love to discuss. You don't have to agree. You can be from very different points of view. That's healthy. But then when they, when they know your story, when they've allowed you to share and speak into their life when you can, um, it's when they're struggling that they'll suddenly come and they want more. They want to know, you're different, I want to know why. That was one of the first questions I was asked by a woman I had just met. And she invited me over for dinner very quickly and I thought, I hardly know her, this is highly unusual. I thought it would take weeks to get to know her. She said to me, I, you seem happy and satisfied and I want to know why. And when I told her, she just kind of rolled her eyes and, oh, tell me, but tell me more, you know. And we talked for three hours that night about nothing but the gospel and spiritual things and what the Bible says. And, and that led to a long discussion, um, for, took many years, and then eventually she did become a believer. But it wasn't a one time, just because she was interested that day. There's a, it's a much more thoughtful process. You need to be patient. I think it's more respectful of where God is working and His timing in people's lives. And French Christians always say, when they tell you how they came to God, they would never say, or came to Christ, that they, one day, boom, usually it's, it was a process. And He was working all along. And they might point to something in their childhood, but then much later in life, they really came to know who He really was and wanted to give their life to Him. For one field, church planting started with a problem. I always say you will not buy new shoes as long as the old ones fit. But the moment they hurt, you buy new shoes. Then change comes. The same thing happened here. When we came in the villages 10 years ago, we were interested to go upstream, downstream, and to meet other people. And we saw that in the major church, there was one church on the Lava River, for instance, with 400, 450 people as a church membership. But in the village, only 100 and 150 people were living. And we said, what is this? And then they came one day, they said, well, it doesn't work. We are so set, we are, we are so disappointed because every time we go upstream up to the river villages and we preach about the Lord Jesus, it seems we have to start all over again. It didn't stick what we said last time. And then we said, well, 
if you visit them once, twice, or three times a year, think about it. If we as a church would meet three times a year, what would happen with our church? It would cool down. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we came with a proposal. Why don't we turn this around? You guys, tell the people that live along the river, you are no longer welcome in our church. Huh? Well, that hits something. Say, well, it's the Baptist church, and they have this very wonderful thing that the first Sunday of the month, they have the Lord's communion, and say, let them come the first Sunday of every month, and all the other Sundays, they cannot come. They have to stay in their village and have their own gatherings. Gather together in your own village and start worshiping the Lord on Sunday morning. And that's what they did. And within no time, within half a year, we saw that these initiatives already started to bloom out like small church communities. If you don't put a seed in the ground, it will never start. At this moment, along that river, we have six churches, including the Lava Church, five new churches, and they're reaching out to their communities. And out of those churches, we're reaching out even further into Brazil. So it started with a problem, and many good things start with a problem. The church is vital to what the Lord is doing in the world. Uh, Jesus came and through the power of the Spirit worked uh, in his time, uh, making disciples and teaching the gospel and uh, bringing the kingdom uh, to earth. And now the church is the embodiment of Jesus. Now it's his body, uh, the Bible tells us. We are the body of Christ. He is the head and the Spirit is continuing to be the power of his body, of the church now in continuing to, to reach out to others, to disciple, to share the love of Christ. And so it is through the church and all the different functions of the church, the different gifts represented in the church, that the Lord does his work. And so really without the church, the work of God is not happening. And so that is absolutely central to uh, kingdom work throughout the world. What kind of people and resources are needed for church planting? We only need people that love Jesus because every aspect of his love, which is thousandfold, is like, like one of the facets of a diamond and presenting something of the love of Christ to a person around you. If, if I am good in something like this and someone else is good or is, has a zeal or is fluent or has a... Well, capacity is something else. If it adds up together, then you see a church planting taking place. Everything is important. Everything is as important. Don't even think, well, the guy that's preaching, that's the guy it's all about. No, 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 no. Because that guy might be preaching to a thousand people, and there's one lady who is just shaking hands with one person and showing Jesus' love, even much stronger than the person preaching up there in the pulpit. So it's all combined. We need people uh, that, that, that know how to breathe, <laughs> but actually people who come from all different various backgrounds, long-term workers, short-term workers as well. Uh, I think here the needs are very diverse. The needs are diverse. And so the people needed that are needed, uh, at least I'm speaking about Cambodia here, is, um, and I'm sure this goes from for most of our fields is that the people needed, they, they can come from with diverse gifts and diverse experience and uh, diverse vision 
as long as they tie into into the world team vision and the mission, um, I think that as long as they're willing to use the, their God-given skills in in order to share the love of Christ and to disciple new believers, I think that we really need to have somebody that's committed to discipling. Um, people who believe in, in multiplying disciples and are committed to prepare them to like facilitate movements towards Christ in their own communities. So I think those are the kind of people we need. I mean, basically, I would say all kinds of people. Just like in any job, there's different competencies that are needed, uh, being able to, to do different things. I used to be a roofer back in college, and I had to be able to carry a really heavy bundle of shingles up a ladder to, you know, top of a two-story building and climb up on that roof and tear off the old shingles and nail on the new, you know, you had to, I didn't have to be super smart to do that, but I had to be able to handle myself on the ladder and, you know, while carrying a bundle of shingles and not fall off the roof. Um, in Cameroon, there's over 250 different people groups each with their different language and all of that, each with different cultures. A lot of those cultures are very similar, but not all of them. And so depending on which situation you find yourself in, they have different types of needs and different uh, types of individuals would be more or less helpful in each situation. And so just like in general, different jobs require a different body, so to speak, um, the body of Christ can look very different. Uh, even the, the team is sort of like a mini version of a church. It's the body of Christ going to a new place to represent Christ and help them form a more complete church in that area. And um, as a team goes there, depending on the needs of that uh, area, uh, would tell you what kind of members are needed on that team. So where we're working with the Baca, um, coming out of a hunter-gatherer background but not able to survive on that any longer they have to learn agriculture and so there's two of us on the team who work in agriculture to help um, first and foremost the believers to learn these practices so they can be stronger and therefore help their neighbors and uh, reach out to other villages and uh, and all with their faith because if they're living day to day they don't have the time, energy, resources to give towards any of those other outreach efforts. Um, there's also the need for the Bible in their language. And we have two translators on our team. We have two literacy workers on our team. For a while, we had an intern who focused on sports ministry, as well as helping at a training center that I started a few years ago. And so uh, during the day, he'd help with the training center. A couple of afternoons, evenings uh, in the week, he'd help with the soccer club there in the village. And that was an opportunity for him to get to know some of the guys who would never come to the church and whose ears would only be partially open to anybody stopping by and chatting with them at their house. But there, uh, among their friends uh, doing soccer, they, their hearts were opened a little bit wider. Um, so all sorts of different uh, possibilities for work, no matter what gifting the Lord has given you, there's a place for you uh, in missions and um, even in discipleship. Uh, there might be people that 
would connect with you that wouldn't connect with me that wouldn't connect with my wife that wouldn't connect with somebody else and so the lord gives us those opportunities to have a, a heart-to-heart connection with folks and even some very simple interactions you never know where the spirit is going to take those i would say you need people who are willing to stay as long as it takes it's not a quick thing i our european friends always say um you know church planning is hard work and we know that we expect that but some sometimes our cultures think it might be easy and if we have that idea it's not it it takes a while it takes as long as it'll take maybe sometimes when god moves in a big way and after there's maybe been a lot of seeds sowing in an area you might be there during a harvest time and see things move more quickly and i would say even in the last decade we've seen things move more rapidly than the first two decades i was there um, and so there are seasons in God's work, but um, it, I think it takes perseverance and a notion of being willing to engage the culture, to learn the culture, to adapt to the culture, to be ready to give an answer, and, and willing to stay even if it takes years. Because that's, in my experience, has been all the fruit I've seen has never come quickly. But it's also, I think, people who if they don't know how, that they become real prayer warriors in their own right. That there's nothing I've seen God do that there wasn't a huge amount of prayer invested first. And so that's very important too. I mean, we're not looking for people who are necessarily brilliant in every area or super gifted and competent. We need humble, repentant people who are willing to be used by God, use the gifts He's given them, and working in a team with the gifts they've given them. And collectively then, on these multicultural teams, that's something that, you know, living out what the spiritual family and the, the, the body of Christ really looks like. That is that is where we start to see the shift, when people start to notice, you guys are different. I'm not sure I, I'm not sure why, but I want to know more. And then over time in relationship, they start to see how we treat one another. That has impact. We need the kind of people who are willing to work themselves out of a job. Uh, I've done lots of different jobs since I've been here. I started off playing with kids. And then I drew blood from pregnant ladies so I could check their iron. Uh, I studied, I preached, I still preach, but I do so less and I do so in a different way. Uh, now I'm training up elders and I'm acting more as an advisor. Uh, I, I did our first premarital training uh, for our church. Uh, developed a premarital training uh, program and I did it. And I took some of our elders to it as well. And now we have two elders who are concurrently working with other couples in marital counseling. And so I just consult for them now. Uh, and there's going to come a time when they get to be completely on their own and we move on and start that cycle over again. And so you have to be willing to, we need people who are willing to say, this is not my permanent job. There's somebody coming up beside me that I want to embrace and I want to put forward and it's going to be their job. And I'm going to be okay with that. It's part of kind of dying to yourself. It's not me that needs to be in the spotlight. We're bringing somebody else along uh, so that they can step up and use their gifts uh, that God has given to them. At some point, you need to step aside and let the church be the church. You will come to a point where you are no longer helpful being in that group or in that church because uh, your presence will be more of a dis distraction or a destruction to the Church, when you say you, you mean me, right? Yeah. <laughs> like in, in Kamandak right now, my <laughs> presence is no longer helpful. They tend to, to, to pretend because I, I'm there. 
So, but when I'm not there, I, I see a lot of people in the pictures when they send pictures. I, the people who would not stand up and uh, uh, give testimonies will stand up when I'm not around. So I think you have to die to yourself and realize that you have to, to let go and let others uh, lead and uh, let just, just, just uh, let the Lord uh, do, uh, like minister to them and work, work in their hearts. To learn more about World Team's church planting opportunities, head to us.worldteam.org and click Go at the top of the page. To see prayer requests from World Team workers, click Pray. To donate to World Team, click Donate. This has been Acts of Faith, a podcast by World Team US. For more information on World Team and its ministries, visit us.worldteam.org. Thank you.